Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to The Inner Puzzle a weekly podcast helping you put the pieces together to the beautiful puzzle that is your life. Featuring the stories of survivors to motivate and empower you through your own healing journey, sharing resources and methods to help you get through life's darkest times. You can overcome your fears and heal your wounds so they aren't passed down to your loved ones. And we're here to help. I am Paola Byron, four-time Emmy award-winning journalist, executive producer, and host of this podcast, Let's begin. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Allow me to introduce our guest, Noelia Blue Gutierrez. She is a mother of three, a stroke survivor, and stroke awareness advocate, a woman with perseverance and courage. She will be sharing with us her story on having no regrets, living life to the fullest, and how we find strength within ourselves in our darkest times. Noelia, welcome, and thank you so much for being with us today. Hello, Paola. Thank you so much for the invite. This is so exciting. Um, you know, I, I cannot wait for us to actually talk about everything and anything. Anything. What's the tea? <laughs> <laughs> Noelia, just give me a glimpse of what it was like growing up. Well, uh, I am uh, of Dominican heritage. I was born in Dominican Republic, the youngest of four siblings. I moved to the state of New York at the age of 
five, I believe, four or five. Um, I'm a Brooklyn girl. And um, that was the, you know, my, my childhood. That's what I can remember. That's home. And, um, you know, very vibrant little girl, outgoing, talkative, funny, uh, with a love of music as a year early, early, early on. And um, then I felt that New York was getting big for me mm. and it was swallowing me in. I needed a change. I guess uh, like the song, I, I made it there. I was able to make it anywhere and I, I decided to take a leap after a huge heartbreak and I it's always after a heartbreak (laughs) (laughs) I decided to accompany a friend on an interview journey to South Florida Mm -hmm. we stayed at her mother's house and um her backyard was full of ducks and avocado trees and I was (laughs) like oh my god this is home and I want to raise my daughter here I want to live here and that That sounds like Miami (laughs) Yeah, that was, <laughs> I guess that was just the realization of, of where I needed to be. And uh, I started to apply for jobs here. And I wasn't ready uh, mm-hmm. to move, you know, but I knew I needed something different. And I had a good friend that we went to school together. We did college together. And I guess our stars aligned at a given time. And she said, I will be that support system you're looking for to actually take that step and go. And we moved here and um, we were already established by January of 2014. I mean, at, at that point, you weren't thinking ahead or were you? Did you always think about what you would become or what roles you would be playing ahead in life? No. No, not at all. I I didn't have my life figured out at that moment. Um, uh, There was so much negativity with my move, uh, family-wise. You know, your family's always looking out for your well-being. And for them, that wasn't a well-being. I had a little girl, and I was venturing out to something that was not stable. I was leaving security for the unknown. And I guess it was a difficult, a difficult drink to swallow for them. Did you always want to be a mom? Because if you ask me, I 100% wanted to be a mom and I knew it from very early on, but I did not expect it to happen how it did. But, you know, is is that something that you always had in your plans to be? Yes. Yes. I always wanted to have a family. I, you said no, no topics, right? Off the table. No topics off the table, girl. <laughs> Dig so in. I, I, I come from a... a we're going to say big, but small family. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not as, you know, unit united links as we should be. Mm-hmm. And I can um, resonate with that. I knew I want, yeah, I, I wanted to have a family since I could remember. I was the youngest of four in between. I had two brothers who had an amazing bond, but I guess with everything, I felt like I wasn't, a huge part of that bond and I kind of missed it but I knew that they loved me and then I had a sister who I had you know nothing in common with because she was the oldest so by the time I was born um she had already started her family so her her daughter was my sister you know what I mean Mm -hmm. we were close in age two years apart so it it, it was it, it was a given for me I knew I wanted to have a family yeah and, it, and, it, and the bigger, the better. 
So you already had your first daughter. Take me to when that number changed um, to two and then three. Um, and uh, just take me through that, that journey of yours. You know, you're in a new place. And, you know, what's the possibility of finding love, right? Yes. Woo. Okay, so um, it's, a, it's a really, really funny and interesting story that just has a, a, a thing to it, right? So uh, my husband's in music. I met my husband at a club. Um, my really good childhood friend owns the place and she invited me over, uh, you know, to, to have lunch and some drinks and... And, and we went, my, my, uh, the friend that I told you that we moved here together, we went to see her place. Uh, and I met the DJ of the play of the restaurant and you know, he was, he was nice, nothing interesting for me. I was not at all looking for love, but my, uh, friend who decided to move with me thought otherwise. And, um, she played Cupid. You know, we started to just, I guess. <laughs> No, actually, I was the, um, how you call this? Oh, my God, what is that mm. term? The wingman of the, of that. Because my, my, my friend is a, uh, she's not a Latina. She's uh, an Italian. And uh, my husband speaks English, but she felt like they didn't have anything in common because she did not speak Spanish. And she thought that he was cute. And um, we would, you know try to think of ways of inviting him over, maybe cook for him, for her. you know, just trying for, for her. Yeah. For them to, to, for them to Connection. build some sort of a, <laughs> I don't know, a friendship. Or, yeah. And connect in any way possible because she really thought that he was, you know, he had it going for himself. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I guess that, that just changed over time. And, uh, him and I become we became really good friends, and then I don't know. It, it was just that friendship that uh, he was not into any other person, and I was yeah, more into him. I mean, kind of a thing. if it wasn't designated for her and it was designated for you, it's kind of like why force a bond that's not supposed to be? Yeah, yeah. For the record, neither him or I were looking for anything. I guess everything just happened over friendship. You know, uh, being able to speak to someone and truly just be yourself. And and I think that's what's unique about what we have together. Um, we were friends before anything. So I think that's super important. Yeah. Because if you don't have a friendship with your partner in life, um, then there's really no understanding beyond, you know, sexual attraction or physical touch you know I feel that if you have a friendship with someone else that you're gonna spend what you think is a lifetime with them it's super important to have a friendship so I think you guys did it the right way it, it's it's been nine years and counting nine years and counting Ooh, I'm in yeah. two I'm two years in and I feel like it's been <laughs> ten yeah yes awesome. um and then we found out we were going to expect our first daughter. And uh, I was like, oh, my goodness, what hmm. have I done? You know, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I mean, I knew what I have done. But yeah, <laughs> but, but what was I getting myself into? Too, yeah, um, yeah uh, because, you know, since I already had my daughter, 
And, you know, I was already at, at that point with my family and, and maybe, maybe allowing them to think, okay, so this is why she left over there. We're starting all over maybe, you know, but I knew what I wanted. I knew what I had already gone through and what I didn't want in life. Mm -hmm. So maybe this was a chance for you to start over. It's exactly what you're saying. It's, it was a chance to, to start a new life and, and, you know, add that addition to what you already had and just proceed differently. That's correct. That's correct. So uh, my daughter was born and everything was just amazing. Um, We went from being two to being four, you know, five, if you had the dog, because everything just came in at At once. It was like, uh, yeah, it was like the first week I found out I was pregnant. The next week, he was giving me a call like, hey, we're going to have a dog. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I get like the man, the baby, the dog all within the same week. Uh. So and then, you know, in a matter of two years, close to two years, uh, we became a family of five. So talk to me a little bit about um, your first pregnancy, then your second pregnancy and how that last one um, was different from the other two. So my first pregnancy, let's just start with the first one. With my first one, I developed gallstones and then I need surgery, uh, six months after. Okay. During the pregnancy or after after giving birth? Well, during, yeah, I'm going to say during my pregnancy, I would have these just pains, these extreme pains, um, all of a sudden when people always would be like, oh, you probably ate something. It's just gas. Obviously in a pregnancy, you can't really have these tests done, right? These, uh, um, MRIs or anything like that. So they really can't tell much and they go based off what you're feeling. So they would just give me, um, medication for gas, tell me not to eat certain things, um, to stay away from, um, you know, doing certain things after I eat and, and so on and so forth. But you know, that's what was developed during my first, first pregnancy. Then during my uh, second pregnancy, my daughter, I had what is called a subcranic hemorrhage and I would constantly bleed. Like it would just be terrible to the point that I honestly thought that I would lose my baby at any point. I didn't even want to use the restroom with the light on because it was just that fear was always just there. And I, 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 I didn't know how to cope with that. Uh, but, but luckily throughout time, um, it just kind of closed on its own. And just to give you an idea of what I'm saying, it's when your um, the placenta and, and the baby sac doesn't fully close. So there's some sort of rupture there. Mm-hmm. And there's just old blood or new blood that leaks so if you see it a certain color, you know if it's old. If you see it a certain color, you know if it's new. And then you have to, like, rush to the ER. So you were in the so ER that, often during your second pregnancy. I was. I was in the ER extremely often. I think uh, that was the first impression I gave my husband. That's where we were going to be at constantly. Hmm. It, was, it was terrible. And I think the most terrible moment of that was for Christmas Eve. That was like the most scariest time during my pregnancy. Why? It, it was just a bleed that I had never seen before. Hmm. It was scary. And that third pregnancy, 
So my third pregnancy, based on what I previously just said, mm-hmm. was a breeze. It was the most blissful, the most uh, uh, amazing time. I would wake up just to eat. You know, um, and I didn't have any discomfort. Yeah. yeah, I was just, I was just, I don't know, glowing. It was just beautiful to be pregnant. I felt so full, and 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 everything was energetic. I didn't have any, anything bad going on. Right. And you know, I I delivered her the quickest. It was like going in. Everything was just like one centimeter, two centimeters. It was just like fast. And then she was here. And everything was great but my daughter failed her hearing test in the hospital mm-hmm. um I had to take her to a facility after and she was jaundiced and it just her levels wouldn't wouldn't go down and and by all means people have babies and they are jaundiced in the hospital but a lot of them they, their levels go down and it's completely normal but my my daughter's levels were just increasing instead of going down. So that was also a concern. Mm -hmm. But if you were to ask me, was there anything stressful going on? No. Uh, Did I have any concerns? I mean, we have concerns if we, if our light is on for our car and we need to put gas, you know, that's Mm -hmm. concerning. You're going to sleep, but you're thinking about, oh God, I have that light on. It could be something as significant as, you know, you needing to put gas in the morning before you head out to work to knowing at what time you have to do your groceries before you pick up your child at any extracurricular activity. So it, it it just depends, you know, on, on that specific person and how detached or, you know, not detached of their things they are. So you're going through this process of trying to alleviate the situation with your daughter's jaundice um Mm -hmm. what happens after you know does she eventually decrease those levels so it it did not it did not I have to follow up with her pediatrician and what they did there was to give me a referral for a, a light blanket and it was just funny to me because during my childhood I remember my cousins having this specific doll that was called a a glow doll Um, and wrapping my daughter in this that's exactly what she resembled it it, it's it it was just like cute but concerning that I had to do this for her in order for her to you know get better Um, but you know even then I found like you know laughter and and, and amusement and and what 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 was going on so it was just not like something that was overpowering me in stress you know and I I don't know things just change after but if you were to ask me you know this is what was concerning this is what I was thinking of Mm -hmm. days prior to my stroke yeah when when and how did you know that you were having a stroke so my mother arrived um, to meet my daughter, Latino moms, you know, they come, they help you, they cook for you. They, they, they're just there, right? When your baby is born, they want to be as, you know, supportive as they can and, and help you in the best way that they can. My mother arrived to my house on March 16 of 2017. She, she came to help me. Your daughter was how old now? Eight days. It, it, it was strange because my mother couldn't come in for my actual um, delivery. And it was the first time my mother was not there for a delivery that I had. Um, so she had to come a couple days after. I 
right now speaking to you, I, I, I can't remember what was the reason, but she was not able to make it. And um, she came, we, I picked her up that day and we did all sorts of things that we would do when my mom was in town. We, we did groceries, we, we hit the, the mall. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, there's this new restaurant in town and they serve sushi. And it's like a fusion sushi. So it's like a Dominicanized sushi. So I'm like, Ma, we need to try this. And my mom is like, I'm not eating that. Uh, you know, very, very. It doesn't sound <laughs> <She's> Dominican. Very... <laughs> yeah, she's very down to her core saying, no, I'm mm -hmm. not trying this. And I said, Mom, this has chivo and it's like really good. We need to try it. And I FaceTime my brother, who is a flight attendant, and I want to show him that full circle moment of our mom, this like stronghold a Dominican woman who's just on rice and habichuelas all the time and having sushi. So um, we're in my counter and all of a sudden I get this like insane hot flash. It was like someone spilled milk that was warm from my head to my feet. And it was like a sharp headache, not normal than other headaches I've experienced. And I said, Ma, I kind of feel weird. And I had my brother on FaceTime, and, but, I, but I, I think I had uh, disconnected the call for some reason after her saying, no, I don't wanna try this. And I said, Ma, I don't feel well and it's not normal and I, I took off the bow or the hair clip that I had. I can't remember what it was, to be honest. And I had given her my baby. Less than a minute after I passed my baby along to her, I was having seizures on my counter. And everything after that was just a roller coaster. Do you know what happened after? Or did you lose consciousness? I'd never lost consciousness. Um, I think within what was happening, I was very alert, but what I was saying wasn't truly what I was saying because my speech had already started slurring. I really couldn't move. Um, the right side of my body had already died. Um, and I was stuck on the counter. So I had moved everything that was on top of that counter. So let's, let's, let's try to visualize the counter. My phone was standing in a, uh, on something. I, I threw that over the sink. Um, the food that was there, I threw it over too because I was shaking so much on, uh, you know, involuntary movements that everything that was on that counter just went everywhere. Um, and my phone, well, if anyone owns an iPhone knows that uh, you're able to do a significant uh, click to it and it kind of does an emergency call because I wasn't able to put in my pin to dial 911, I did that. And um, I was able to call for ambulance. So this is, how, this is why I say, you know, within what was happening, I was still, I knew what I needed to do, to do, what needed to be done. And your mom was terrified at this moment. My mom was terrified. My mom has been a home health aide since I could remember. She's never had an episode with a patient where she needed to contact an emergency uh, assistance ever. And here she is with her daughter freaking out. 
So my mom didn't know what to do. She she didn't know if it was to help me to call for help. She she did she just couldn't function. And uh, she told me this is you know, obviously I'm gonna tell you what she told me. She said I told you to move, and you told me that I could, that you couldn't. I said, Mom, I, I can't move. You're telling me to sit down on a couch, and I just can't do it. So my mom, who's, like, sm shorter than I am and, and smaller in frame, um, carried me over to the uh, living room. Um, well, it's not really a living room. It was more of a, a family room area um, uh, where she was able to, to sit me on a couch. And... I don't know how she did it, where she got that strength. This is a postpartum woman, you know, bigger than she is already um, in, in height. And, and she was able to carry me just like she would do when I was a baby. So after that, um, I was able to call 911. Um, whatever was coming out of my mouth, you know, they understood the issue and they were able to send it. Because like I said, even though something like that was going on through that moment, I still had clarity. So I, I am trying to tell my mom, how are these people going to come in and save me? You know, I live in a gated community. They're not going to be able to open the door. So that's all I'm telling my mom. Mom, the door, the door. So she was able to understand that. And, and here is ignorant me thinking, how are these people going to get through my gated community when I didn't know that EMS has like a universal password to access gate codes? throughout in the event of an emergency. I didn't know that. So they come in. Yeah, they do. So I'm like, I live in a gated community. How are these people going to rush in here and save my life? So when they finally arrived to my house, the first EMS I'm able to actually make eye contact with, mind you, my right eye was just, it, it had lost any type of focus. It was just everywhere in that socket. It had no full, um, you know, direct vision. So the guy is coming and he's walking towards me and he's telling me, and he's talking to me about my dog. You have such a beautiful dog. Here I am thinking something must be terribly wrong because this peop the, these people, instead of coming in and rushing me to the hospital, they're making me have a conversation so I can just, you know, focus on other things instead of what's going on. So I knew something was wrong there. Then after that, I just can't remember anything else. What's the next thing you do remember? The next thing I do remember is waking up um, in a hospital um, and not being functional. Having people do everything for me. Um, and I'm like, what's going on? What happened? So they tell me, you've had a stroke. You're at this hospital and, um, you know, where we are doing everything we can to get you back into being you. Were you in a coma? I was in a coma. For how long? I don't know for how long. Um, uh, and I think it was an induced, um, to be honest. I'm not too sure. Uh, but... I am so thankful for that doctor who was like, no more tests. I know exactly what she has. Um, they took me to a cath lab and they did a procedure and they removed that blood clot. And right there on that bed, I was doing involuntary movements. 
they can't really pinpoint as to why it happened. Uh, I knew I had a heart murmur, but you walk throughout the path of, of the path of life every day. And you have people who have a murmur, and nothing happens to them. You know, they live a fulfilling life, and then here I am, age of twenty nine. Uh, with a murmur that I had no idea I had and you know my heart beat that day a certain way and it shot a clot and it went to my brain so when you're waking up and you're seeing everybody do everything mm -hmm. for you um as being a mom of three I'm, I'm sure you have that strength the independence within you how yeah. was that recovery process for you? And how were you able to let others help you? I struggle with that a lot, Paul, till this day. Till this day. But it, it was difficult because I'm not that person, like you said. I'm very independent. I like to have control of what needs to be done when it comes to my kids and my house. Um, it's very hard for me to pass along that torch. So... I was vulnerable, you know. People were bathing me, dressing me, doing my hair. I was at my worst. Emotionally, I was all over the place because I didn't know what was going on. Um, I guess I was still lost. I was, I was lost as to what happened. I had so many questions. I know that it's, it's, it's difficult because going back, just going back a little bit, I came here, it was just two of us, then I had built a relationship and we were adding on and then I had met so many wonderful people. I had built relationships of friendship, you know, of, of friends that became family. And um, here they were, you know, at a moment when I, when I needed anything and everything and they were there. So, I just couldn't understand. I'm like, what happened? This is not Noelia from, I don't know. I was so lost that, that I would just say yesterday. But it probably was many days. So I knew that something was off. Did you try to blame something or someone for what had happened to you? Um, I, I, I questioned a lot, yes. I questioned a lot. And that's terrible. That's terrible. But then I knew and I understood that sometimes we're given certain battles, you know, because we are the strongest in the army. We may not understand them. Hmm. But we have to just learn to navigate them. How is your relationship with your daughter at this point in time? I mean, you know, who's taking care of your daughter? Your Well, your daughters. Everyone. <laughs> everyone but my mom was still in town my mom was like a you know first time mom she was having those nights feeding my baby she was going through the you know the crazy times to feed her my husband had wow he had put so so much on his back I, I feel like you know I think I think that was my realization of knowing, wow, I, I really had made a great choice. This wouldn't have happened with anyone else. 
and my friends at that time were there. They were they were kind of taking shifts, right? Rotating. I'll watch her today. I'll have the baby tonight. I'll go to work. It was insane. Wow, it was insane. Like they had done a list of things to take care of my oldest, to take him out to to do things, uh, uh, to to be as involved as possible. Um, kind of to not make things different and, and, and for them to kind of that their mom was sick, you know, kind of not see that. I don't think I was there. I wasn't there. I was lost. I, um, when you have a, a brain accident, um, the way that your brain recovers is by going into depression. And it was not something that I had experienced before or any friends close to me. I knew that it existed, but I didn't know how to cope with it. So here I am trying to recover from something major, right? And then I get also postpartum. And those were the darkest days for me. Yeah. Because I, I didn't, I knew I, I, I knew I loved my kids, but like, for example, the baby, I, I felt like every time I looked at her, she would be throwing up and she would constantly cry. So if I would hold her, it would be for a significant amount of time and I just had to give her up. I knew that even within my issues, my ongoing issues, um, I, I that mom instinct was there because my anxiety was through the roof. If I had an appointment at 7 a.m., I wanted to, I'm, I'm sorry, I, if I had an appointment at noon, I wanted to be in the car at 7 a.m. And uh, I would say, I, I lived in a, a two-story home at that time. I would say, I, I'm going to go downstairs. And if my husband questioned me, where are you going? I said, I'm going down to go right back up. Things of that nature. The anxiety was insane. My kids were sleeping. I would go just to see if they would be breathing. And it was just not normal. I mean, you probably do that when you're okay. But... The anxiety was just through the roof. I don't think it's abnormal um, that you went through postpartum depression. I mean, you had just recently given birth to your daughter. Mm -hmm. um, your body went through a massive trauma. Yeah. Physically yeah. and mentally. And um, in the, the same time, you're trying to fulfill this role again of new mom right to a new baby because that's what you really want to do that's where your focus really wants to be in but you're unable to so it's kind of like you feel stuck and so that's where probably yeah. the anxiety kind of increased and um there were a lot of changes there were a lot of changes happening simultaneously and i think that most of the time when we, I can say this for myself as well, when we go through many, many, many changes, good or bad, um, traumatic experiences simultaneously at a time where we're, at a time when we're so vulnerable, we're so vulnerable, our emotions are so open, we've just mm -hmm. given They're life. They're just flowing. We've just given birth. We've just, mm -hmm. you know 
even even if you're an experienced mom, it's still a different experience. Like you said, it's a different yeah. experience with every child. Um, and so I don't think it's abnormal for you to have experienced the emotions you were going through. Physically, were you able to move? Um, you know, were you able to have some motor functions? Um, and then when was it that you finally started to see the physical recovery? Changes. Yeah. So initially, no, I had to do aggressive uh, inpatient rehab. Um, I had to learn how to, uh, they gave me some, some uh, therapy into eating. The first time I ate, it was insane. I, I like sucked all my fingers. <laughs> That's not me. But it was just that, you know, being able to eat again. Wow. And um, I had to do therapy for walking. Um, therapy for, I guess, cognitive. Um, as far as doing puzzles and little things. Uh, I remember I would argue so much. There was a specific uh, therapy that they had at the rehab center that I, I believe it was computerized. So it would hear you speaking and then it would speak to you again. So I would question what the machine would say. I'm that person, very stubborn. Um, so I would pick fights with the, <laughs> with the machine. I mean, this is not funny, but it's funny. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So it, that, that would just be me. So I, you you were still there. You were still there. I would I was still there. Like it's insane. You know how in the hospital they have this is your nurse for today and your name and the date and uh I don't know, your emergency contact. Mm -hmm. So if that was not updated, I would pick a fight. Yeah. I would be like this needs to be changed. This is yesterday's date. So he I I don't know who I was. <laughs> <laughs> but I had definitely no filter. Yeah. During that time, I was a yeah, I was the youngest person in rehab. So that was fun. My classmates were all of a uh exceptional age. Hmm. You know, the nurses knew me of the um as the young as the young girl with the baby on my floor. So it was different. It was It was why, if I am looking the way I look, why am I here? This doesn't ha this only happens to a significant group of people. I don't fit that look. The criteria, you know. I don't. Yeah, like I don't meet the criteria for this. <laughs> why yeah. did I get it? Hmm. And that's just ignorance. Speaking because um, a stroke has no, they have they it has no care of how you look, of your age, of your sex, ethnicity, nothing. You're just that lucky person. Unluckily. What advice can you share with others who um, are taking care of someone who has experienced a stroke or a similar battle? Um, how can they ease the the person's pain or help us uh, alleviate or facilitate their recovery? Patience. Patience is something because even when we're at our worst, we are definitely trying. 
it took a lot from me to be able to get up and do that rehab. I knew there was a stronger force somewhere in me that said, you need to get better. My girls, I needed to get better for my girls. So the drive was definitely in there to get better and to go back to being that full circle person, you know, and not have anyone help me with anything. And I think that's that's the main thing for, for a person who's ongoing therapy, um, recovering from something that's strong, knowing that you do not have, you know, the strength to do things on your own and you have to rely on others. So that's already a burden, you know. That's already in the back of your mind. You're already thinking of, okay, in order for me to do this, I need the help of someone. So I have to make that difference and try to get better so I get to being my full self again. So it's it's about having patience and understanding that, you know, we, we we're trying. It's something that occurred and we have no control of. Um, sometimes we, we take for granted a lot of things. And then, you know, something happens that just shakes us and gives us kind of a, a taste of reality of how vulnerable we could be. Did this pivotal moment of your life... Does it determine how you live every day? Certainly. I promised 30 countries in 30 years after my recovery. Um, I completely chopped my hair off after my recovery. Um, I wanted to, to show kind of gratitude. Yeah, I wanted to show kind of gra gratitude for... Um, you know, something as emotionally attached to us, you know, like I wanted to offer something that I knew that was like grand for me. Yeah, that was just like, okay, well, this is what I would care for the most, mm -hmm. right? I'm gonna give it back. So I, I completely cut my hair off. <laughs> and, um, I, I just started to think that we needed to live every day like it would be the last because, come on, I just had a baby and what should have been a blissful time of happiness and, you know, all of this picture time moments with my baby and just, you know, change in a snap. Yeah. I went from eating sushi on a counter to doing rehab intensively to be able to walk. What message do you have for someone who could go through something similar or maybe what was your hardest battle is not theirs, but they're also facing a very difficult battle? Well, what I could tell anyone is to just listen to your the signs your body's telling you. There's so much more um, as far as, we, you know, taking care of us. We as women have this just natural thing of taking care of others before we take care of ourselves. And sometimes we have, you know, a headache and we're like, I'm going to take this pill and uh, lay down. Maybe later I'll be fine. But in reality, no, it's so much more than that. It's, you know, listening to your body and being able to go and seek help, you know, maybe speaking to your friends uh, when you feel like there's just so much going on and just venting. Um, and you know, that's okay. Allowing others to help you 
that's also okay. Um, doesn't make you less of, of anything because of it. I, I think it just makes you grand because you're, you're recognizing what it is that, you know, what it needs to be taken care of. And that's, that's totally fine. Noelia, thank you so much for being open with me, for sharing your story with us and for giving me an opportunity to, to go through this transformation with you on this episode of who you are today after overcoming such a difficult battle in life. I think what you're doing is amazing. Thank you so much. Do you want to know more about the resources we mentioned on this episode? Head on over to our show notes for more information. If you love this episode, share it with a friend and be sure to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. If you know someone with a story we should feature on The Inner Puzzle, send us a DM on Instagram at The Inner Puzzle. Until next time, keep moving the pieces to your inner puzzle. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. <laughs> 